Welcome to Empowering Connections, a podcast by Connie Akins, a licensed professional counselor with a private practice to help you heal your personal and professional relationships through counseling advice, tips, and ideas. Empowering Connections will focus on healthy ways to improve these relationships, help you manage your stress, and attain a better sense of self-fulfillment. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today I have a special guest with me. Her name is Natalie Lother. She is a MBA graduate from the Ross School of Business, but most importantly, she's involved in a relationship um, that some would consider either interracial or multicultural. So today we're going to talk about multicultural or interracial or interracial relationships. And so I want to start off by just um, giving a definition of the term multicultural relationship which is a relationship between different people from different places or cultures or languages. And they're very complex in comparison to a monoculture relationship. So dating and marrying outside of one's culture will include some challenges, including different beliefs, core values, sometimes language, uh, may have different goals, objectives, expectations, certainly different traditions and customs that each individual will bring into the relationship. And it could be a source of misunderstanding or problems. Now, in the United States, multicultural relationships or interracial relationships became legal in 1967, which is not that long ago. I think about 54 years ago, maybe, or 52, something like that. Um, in the U.S. Supreme Court decision, Loving versus Virginia. And currently, only about 17% of marriages in the United States are interracial. And so, Nally, I want to know what your thoughts are about the statistics, and then we'll just jump right into the questions. Hi, Tani. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Again, I love coming here and chatting with you. Um, yeah, the statistics is very surprising. 17% is very low. Um, and even just the fact that it was only in 1967 that interracial marriage was legal in the United States. Um, that's not that long ago. That's not even a generation ago, it feels. Um, so it's, it's, it's new. And I think as a society, maybe we have become in certain places more accepting of interracial relationships and, or multicultural relationships. But I think there's still a lot of, a lot of um, perhaps work to be done <laughs> in that area. Absolutely. And so this is going to be a topic where Natalie is going to share her personal experience. And I hope that you are open with um, things that you've experienced um, in your relationship. And so the first thing I want to ask you is, do you consider your relationship to be interracial or multicultural? And explain to us. Sure. So I think it's both. Um, it's definitely interracial uh, because I am um, of Latin descent. Uh, I'm originally from Peru. Um, with, uh, we're a mix of different people. Uh, Latin people are, Latinx people are a mix of indigenous, European, there's also African. So it's just, we're, we're just a mix. So we're not, uh, technically we're not a race, we're an ethnic group. Um, 
But here in the U.S., I am considered sort of into that <laughs> that race. Um, and my husband, he's African-American. So we are an interracial marriage. We're also multicultural uh, because, as I mentioned, I am Peruvian. And so I grew up with the Peruvian culture. Um, I was born there and was there um, for some time before coming to the U.S. Um, and I speak fluent in Spanish. And so... Uh, from that sense, we are multicultural. Um, of course, I grew up for you know for a couple of, for some time here in the U.S., so I have an understanding of American culture as well. But even within American culture, there are um, pockets of culture, right, that different ethnic groups have. And so, from that sense, we can think about um, we can think that uh, there's an African American culture. There's even a Latino culture within the U.S. There's a Asian culture within the U.S. And so, but then there's a bigger culture of all of us as Americans, right? So it's, um, yes, I would say we're both interracial and multicultural. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you're Latinx, but, you know, I think a lot of Americans, when we think of Latinas, we think of Mexico. We don't necessarily or we may think of even Spain, maybe, but we're not thinking of Peru. And so I think that was um, interesting. And so I want to ask you, um, what type of challenges have you experienced uh, dating outside of your culture? And, and maybe now that you're married, uh, you know, outside of your culture. Sure. What do you say to you? What do you, what, what do you think? So some of the challenges... Um, I think first I have to, uh, maybe first I would say are things that are very um, ingrained within the culture are language, food, uh, certain traditions. Um, and so those were some of the things that perhaps at the beginning were uh, a little bit of a challenge, right? Uh, so like food, what if like the person you're dating doesn't like the food that you eat or the way or the amount that you eat? <laughs> Like it also be cultural, <laughs> and, oh. and so, right? And so, uh, with my husband, I joke that uh, in Peru, um, you just get served lots of portions. Like the the portions is, is very large. Um, and so, whenever he would uh, come to my home, my mom would want to serve him mountains of rice and potatoes. We eat a lot of rice and potatoes, and practically most of our food is carbs. You know. Um, and you're never supposed to say no to someone offering you food. Um, and as opposed to maybe here in the US, if you're full, you know, maybe it's more, you, you know, you can say you're full to someone and nobody should take offense to that. Um, but in our culture, um, the women in our family could take offense to that. So that was something that I sort of had to um, share with my husband, like, hey, you know, like, um, I'll talk to my mom about not serving you a lot of food and, and just being mindful of what you eat and what you don't eat. But also like, you know, he would have to understand that she's might be doing that from a, from a good place. Um, and, and so from a language perspective, uh, of course I speak English, <laughs> um, but, uh, and my husband is learning Spanish um, and it's important for both of us that, you know, he has an understanding of the language because it helps him uh, be able to talk to my family, particularly my parents. They do speak some English, but they feel more comfortable um, in speaking in Spanish. And so he's taking Spanish classes. 
But beyond the difference in language, um, there's also a way of communicating, right? So we could be excitable and very loud and uh, very passionate about the way we express ourselves. And, and that, that in the beginning took him aback. Like I, I would express um, perhaps like, uh, or even if you think about Latin songs and love songs, like everything's like extra, everything's like, um, there's just a lot of uh, emotion perhaps, right? And, um, and this could be maybe more personality than cultural, um, but um, you know, those are certain, certain subtle, subtle things that I have to share with him. Like, oh, this is how I grew up. This is why we think this way or we act this way. Um, and from the other, the opposite or the other end, right? Um, in terms of challenges, um, even before I met my husband, I was, because I grew up in the U.S. and I'm, I love reading and naturally curious, I read a lot of African-American authors and I, my dad um, was there when I came to the U.S. He was also very adamant about making sure I understood the uh, African-American African history and culture. It's, it's American culture and it's American history, right? So when I came here and he introduced me to uh, movies and books. Uh, he he will talk about like uh, the classics, like Tom's Cabin, the Uncle Tom's Cabin, Roots. Those are things that he as as soon as I came to the U.S., he's like, "This is this is your history. You need to know all of this." And so I was versed uh, in in the history and 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 some of the culture. I'm not going to say I know everything. Um, and so that helped me have a have context to his experience and his family's experience, which I also think is important. Um, but I had the benefit of being in the US and, and having some exposure to that. Um, he didn't have that benefit of having that exposure to Peru's history and Peru's struggle and whatever we went through there. So from that end, I had to sort of uh, share that with him. And some of the ways I've done that is through uh, going to see movies or, or about our culture or, or concerts or festivals. Um, we've watched documentaries. He's watched documentaries uh, with me about Peru. So hopefully that gives us a glimpse into <laughs> some of the challenges and ways to address it. Any social stigmas um, outside of your relationship, perhaps from other people? So social stigmas, um, I know that um, from my family here, here in the U.S., um, because we've been here, I think, also um, two decades plus, um, I think my family here is a lot more, uh, I guess uh, I want to say a lot more exposed to African-American culture, African-American people. In Peru, I believe the percentage of Afro-Peruvians are under 10, maybe 5%, 7%, so it's very low. So that exposure is a lot, a lot more limited. Although I will say that Af Af Afro-Peruvian culture is in our food, it's in our music, <laughs> there is in our sports, in our arts. You know, so it's interesting that the percentage is so low and we don't have exposure day to day, but yet it's so prominent in everything that we are proud of as Peruvians. So that's a whole different issue. <laughs> So, however, I think with family back in Peru, you know, there was there was sort of a, a, a pause, perhaps, for some family members, older family members, 
who who had questions, right? And, and unfortunately, a, or I guess I'm saying, fortunately, it was something that was not an issue. Um, like nobody has said anything directly to me, but I know that um, knowing them and knowing their personalities, there was like a, perhaps a pause that, that they, they had when I, make got married, you know, and um, part of it, I think, too, is that um, even though my husband has been to Peru, um, and he's only been there once, and he's only met uh, very limited family members, and so he hasn't had exposure to my family in Peru, so it was probably also the fact that they didn't, they'd never met him, right, and so um, there's also that. You know, when we think about family, you spoke earlier, but I want you to perhaps give an example. Um, if language or just communication has been a challenge in any way, um, you're bilingual. Is your husband, you said your husband is not bilingual, right? No, he's not. He's learning Spanish. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's learning Spanish. I'm bilingual. Um, have there been communications um, barriers? Yeah, I, I there have been a few. Um, I think there's certain feelings or phrases or uh, emotions that I can best express in Spanish. And so one of the things I've done is I actually just say it in Spanish to him. Um, and so he's kind of uh, picked up on that. For example, one thing in Spanish, which is on the good side, we say things like, um, it ends with ito, like, so if we say amorcito, like, it means my little love, but it's like an endearing term. And so we'll say that as a term of endearment for, for you know, we'll like uh, use that phrase. And so um, that's from like the positive end. And from the other, um, I, I joke with him that if I am ever upset and I start like saying bad words in Spanish, I'm like, <laughs> I reached my limit <laughs> and he should get away from me. So, because like I, it's easier for me to get upset in English and I'll start getting upset in English. But if I'm upset in Spanish, it's like a whole different level. And so, uh, <laughs> but, other, but other than that, I guess barriers, um, I think it's mostly been uh, probably um, the most, of, uh, or the most, um, I don't want to call it burden, but I guess sometimes it feels like a burden is having to translate between him and my parents, right? Because um, I do want, I, 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 it, for us, it's important to have a relationship with both our sets of parents. And so when he's, uh, when we're visiting my parents, my parents, especially my mom, is a fast talker. <laughs> And she has little patience. Um, and so my husband will try to speak in Spanish and she'll pause because he's thinking of the word or he's processing, right? And so she'll, she'll interrupt and try to help him out thinking that, you know, she, he doesn't know the word. And I'm, I have to be like, okay, mom, like one, calm down, like he's thinking. Um, but there've been times where we're sitting in a family, like my, my, my biology, my family, and um, we're sharing a story and we're laughing. And then I'll turn to my husband, I'll translate. And so that, it's fine at certain points, but sometimes it could be tiring because I, growing up as the eldest in my family, I always had to do that for my parents. I always had to be the translator. And so it just becomes a little bit of a burden after some time. Um, 
And I guess other than those barriers, um, I think probably the barriers perhaps are on expectations of relationships. Um, even though I grew up in the US, perhaps I have more, um, I don't wanna say conservative expectations of, of a relationship, but more, uh, but maybe that's, that's the right word, right? And in the US, it's very common to um, date. And, and we actually, in Spanish, we don't have the word date, dating. It's, we don't actually have that word. And so um, you're either my boyfriend or you're not. So I think from, from that, those expectations, um, I think at the beginning, maybe that was, that was difficult. Perhaps I was a bit more, I wanted to formalize maybe things, you know, a bit faster. Um, and then, well, maybe here in the U.S. is more common to say, like, I'm just dating you. We're just talking. <laughs> and so, uh, it, you know, in that sense, it could, it, there was, it could be that those, those challenges there. Okay, that's different. No, no dating. You're just my boyfriend or not, huh? <laughs> Yeah, you're either, I mean, you can get to know people as friends, but there isn't like a, at least that I know, I'm sure somebody might connect with you later on and say, no, we do have dating, we have, we have a dating. I just don't remember growing up in Peru and knowing of people dating. I knew of people as friends and getting to know each other, and then they were a couple. Um, but there wasn't like, I'm dating you on Friday, and then I'm going with somebody else on Saturday. <laughs> like that, that was not part of my, what I saw you know maybe okay. it's changed maybe it's changed now but it wasn't part of what i saw so are marriages they're not arranged though right no marriages are not arranged okay. um no but also i i will have to say that unlike in the u.s where women have more economic power you know women are the most educated um and and have more opportunities here um, and in Peru, that's just not the case, at least to the same level as in the U.S. And so it would be, it's, it's, it's um, kind of under, understandable then for a woman to want to formalize things faster because a husband is kind of a part of being financially secure there. While here in the U.S., we don't need that as much, right, as women or at all. <laughs> So uh, we're more we're more free to uh, to date. <laughs> That's why we have the word dating in English. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. You're, that's absolutely right. There's more opportunities, and this is a good conversation because I don't think oftentimes that people think about the different um, things that people face when they date um, outside of their race. So did you have any preconceived ideas about multicultural relationships before you became involved in one? Um, did I have any preconceived ideas of multicultural relationships? Um, like what they would be like, mm -hmm. or, you know. So that's, that's a very good question, maybe? yeah. So that's a very good question. I think that um, my preconceived idea was that it couldn't be balanced. Um, there was one culture that was going to win <laughs> in, in the household, right? Particularly when once you have children, um, which culture you're going to teach you know, the kids. Um, 
And so I saw that mostly in cultures that were uh, very, perhaps very different, right? So if I saw um, a friend marry, and she is Peruvian and she married uh, a guy from India, um, I saw the Indian culture dominate the relationship. Um, or if I saw um, Arab and Latin, I saw the Arab culture dominate the relationship. Asian, I saw dominating the Asian culture. Um, and same with even like not African-American, but African, like the African culture just seemed to dominate the, the, the relationship. And so I always wonder like, oh, would I lose then my culture? Would I have to lose my culture to be in a, in, in a relationship that of somebody who's outside my culture? Um, I think um, Americans are more uh, flexible perhaps to say that way or, or the culture, it, there isn't one set culture in the US, right? We're, um, we're so diverse. And I think um, I didn't experience that. Uh, I'm not experiencing that in my, in my own marriage. Um, I think we're doing a pretty good job about representing both our cultures and, and um, uh, we don't have kids, but um, I think we try to do that in our wedding and we try to represent both cultures uh, yeah, as equal as possible. Um, and we try to learn from both of our cultures. So I wouldn't say that one has dominated and that has not been the case uh, in mine. But I also know other cultures where um, the woman is, I know the friends, the woman is Peruvian and the man, uh, the, the guy is uh, from Spain and then the Peruvian culture dominates. <laughs> so it's just like everybody makes their own, what works for them, right, so. And, and that's the way to do it because even if it's not a multicultural relationship, everyone should be attending to what will make their relationship successful versus looking at other people and doing the comparison thing because none of us are alike really so even in a monoculture we are still different based on our upbringing and the environment that we lived in so yeah that's very true so you you talked about holidays i want to know how holidays and celebrations are either different or or similar maybe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so holidays that are similar, um, I would say, so this is not so much a Peruvian culture, more like my family. We didn't grow up, um, with having Christmas be a big celebration. Um, I, this is not a Peruvian thing. Peruvians actually do celebrate Christmas and New Year's. It actually is a two week holiday, <laughs> like before just partying for two weeks. Um, but my parents here in the U.S., just because of the, economic situation we were in it was just peak season to work right to to work at the stores to work in the restaurants and so like nobody had time to take off so we I just didn't grow up making Christmas a big deal we didn't a handful a handful of times maybe we had a tree we didn't really put presents uh we didn't believe in Santa our parents made it very clear that they bought us everything <laughs> Santa was not real. We didn't grow up with things like the tooth fairy. We didn't have things like allowances. Like that was not a thing. Like you help in the house because it's your responsibility to help your family. Was in like you're not getting paid for this. <laughs> and, so, and so it was a very practical family. Um, and so uh, my husband, on the other hand, um, his family Christmas is important. 
Christmas is celebrated. Christmas is um, I, like the first time I think I celebrated with his family felt like a movie, like a Christmas movie to me. You know, I walk into the house and it, the, the, the house is decorated and there's a tree and there are presents, at, you know, at the bottom of the tree and there's cookies and dessert and everything looks beautiful. And um, it's, it was beautiful. And, um, and it just made me realize that, you know, there's certain things, yes, that I want to keep about my culture and the things I, um, I, I grew up with, but there's also beautiful things about making Christmas a special moment. And it was something that um, if we have children, I would like to make sure like we do something like that. Um, so Christmas, because it's important for his family or more important for his family, we'll celebrate with his family. And so that's kind of been the understanding for both of us. And even before we got married, uh, we kind of set into that rhythm. For some reason, though, um, Thanksgiving is bigger in my house. <laughs> and I think one of the reasons, because it's around my birthday too. And so I try to spend that either with my family. Um, and so we have, uh, we have mostly celebrated Thanksgiving with my side of the family. Um, and so those, those have been the, the major holidays. And, and also because, you know, we are a marriage and we're our own set. Uh, separate from both our parents, we also celebrate New Year's with ourselves. Like that's us away from family. <laughs> so that'll be something where we'll do something fun for us, right? Whether it is um, go to a new city or, or um, go to a party with friends or something. And I think that's also important, definitely important to spend time with family, but also things for yes, just you and in and, and, and your marriage, right? So... Um, yeah, absolutely. So what do you feel are some benefits, Natalie, of being in a multicultural relationship? There's a lot. <laughs> I have to say there's a lot. Um, so, I mean, just to summarize, to, to put it blankly, is um, you're just exposed to a different um, way of seeing the world um, you're exposed to uh, a variety, you know, there's more variety of thought, variety of beliefs, of learning of different approaches of uh, solving problems and living life. Um, and uh, I have grown a lot in being in a multicultural interracial relationship because I've gained perspective. I learn new things. I'm challenged in, in, in ways to be a better person. Um, and, and I try to keep them an open mind of, um, that I'm not going to get it right. We're not going to get it right all the time. I am going to say something that perhaps isn't sensitive. He's going to say something that perhaps isn't sensitive to me. And so I think as long as we're both, um, willing to learn from each other and, and, and teach each other. Right. Um, I think that has, that has made it work. Um, and I think sometimes one of the things, I'm trying to think of something that uh, one way I've, I have grown, um, I, I don't think something comes to mind right off the bat, um, but it's, it's really just perspective. I think sometimes I've seen myself be stuck in a loop in a way of thinking or in a pattern, a habit. And my husband having had a different life experience and different culture, 
would be like, why don't you do it this way? Why don't you think about it this way? And like, my mind is blown. Like, what? <laughs> I didn't know you could think about it that way. And it's because I've been in this, you know, in this culture and this family and, 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 and I kind of repeated patterns, right? And I think opening up yourself to an interracial relationship or multicultural relationship uh, helps you perhaps uh, change those particularly the bad patterns that are happening in families, right? And so um, I think that has been one of the benefits. Awesome. My last question is, what advice would you give others who are considering either dating or marrying outside of their culture? Sure. Um, I, my first advice would be if you are dating, um, try to learn um, have it, definitely have an open mind, um, but def- try to make an effort to learn about that person's uh, culture. Uh, it will give you context of where this person's coming from, why they hold certain beliefs, why um, they strive, they have certain goals, right? Um, and it's not, um, and, and go beyond the food and the music. I think a lot of people get stuck on just food and music. But so much of what shapes a person is the history of their people. And so if you don't understand the history of his or her people and the struggles they went through, whether, you know, here in the U.S. or even abroad, um, you have no context as to why she's this way or why he's this way, that way or why his family, her family um, care about the things they care about or don't care about certain things. Right. Um, and um, so I would say, yeah, go beyond the music and the food, try to understand the history, try to um, understand even the, the religion, right? Like we, we are, we're interracial, multicultural, and you can even say, uh, is it interreligion? Like we're not the same religion. We didn't grow up the same religion. I grew up Catholic, he grew up Christian, but I've been to service with him and he's been to mass with me right <laughs> and so um and so we share that as well um and yeah just be willing be willing to learn um and look at a map start looking at a map particularly for persons from a different uh from a different country look at a map and and try to learn where that that country is <laughs> that was great advice so be flexible be open-minded And Natalie said, look beyond the food and the music. There's so much to a person. And really get to know their family, I would say, even before you delve into any type of long-term committed relationship because families intermingle and they mix and you wanna have as much happy times as you possibly can when dealing with others. I'd like to thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you, Connie. Awesome. The Empowering Connections podcast is not intended to replace the need for a professional counseling relationship. This podcast does not constitute professional advice or counseling services. As always, if you need mental health services, please seek a qualified mental health provider. You can find Connie Akins on the websites Psychology Today and Therapy for Black Girls. If you have an iTunes or Spotify account, please subscribe, share, and continue to listen. Feel free to check out Connie Aiken's website at www.empoweringserenity.net. 
and follow Connie on Instagram at ConnieAkinsLPC. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute this podcast. We appreciate you listening to the Empowering Connections podcast and providing feedback. Stay positive.